Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. It's no secret that rock stars live a life of partying and debauchery. It's why the phrase, party like a rock star, gets tossed around when talking about a night of particular excess. We've heard the stories of destroying hotel rooms and groupies and copious amounts of drug abuse, which often leads to overdoses and deaths, unfortunately. It's why I referenced in a previous show the shockingly short life expectancy of rock stars. But, just like every other profession, there's always someone who's a standout in their field. And today's show is about a rock star that is arguably the absolute top of the pile when it comes to an insane lifestyle. And that isn't a compliment at all. Gigi Allen is a name that most people aren't familiar with. While we've heard stories about Motley Crue's wild lifestyles or David Bowie's epic cocaine benders in the 70s, their partying was just an undercurrent to music that was genuinely loved by millions. Gigi Allen, on the other hand, is almost entirely famous for being completely nuts and having shows that shocked even the most hardcore punks in the scene that he operated in. Now, before you tune out because you don't know who Gigi Allen is and can't bring yourself to care about his story, trust me, you're going to want to listen in for the next hour to hear the absolute depths of depravity of this human being, regardless of whether or not you ever decide to listen to one of his songs. So, grab your studded leather jacket, your jock strap, and your industrial strength air freshener while we dive into a man dubbed the most spectacular degenerate in rock and roll history on this latest episode of Asshole Court. People know that their kids are my kids and I'm going to teach them right. and you can't have them back. Do you care about anything? I don't care about anything but myself and what I write and what I do is law. How many times have you been in jail? I've been in jail. I've been arrested over 52 times. I've spent three years in prison. <laughs> All right, so before we get into preliminary scores, I want to give a big shout out to Steve Goost and Jay uh, Tigchalar from Instagram and Derek Long from Facebook, who all requested this show. It's a great one and one that I've been considering for a while, and uh, this just worked out perfectly. Glad to know there are folks out there that know who Gigi Allen is. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if you hear about him once... You'll never forget this man. You won't forget this guy. Yeah, no, I'd never heard of him before this show, and now I, I'm i never going to forget him. Never I'll tell you that. Him. Never forget him. Uh, aside from that, we also want to give a shout-out to everybody that has given us five-star reviews, yeah. especially on Spotify. For some reason, Spotify, our rating's a little bit lower than Apple Podcasts, so if you're listening on Spotify, do us a solid Go on there and give us a five-star review, or I don't know, you know, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But if you don't give us a five star review, uh, you know, you know, not 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 super cool. <laughs> no drinking beers with us in the future. That's right. That's right. All right. So with that uh, covered, let's go ahead and get to uh, preliminary scores for Gigi Allen. Buddy, what you got? 
All right, G.G. Allen, um, I'm interested to do this show. Um, I had never heard of him beforehand, and, um, you know, I was talking to a little, I was talking to my dad a little bit over, I was, you know, with him this past weekend, and I was like, he was like, hey, what do y'all got coming up on the docket? And I was like, G.G. Allen, he was like, oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, he was like, do you know much about him? I was like, no, I don't. He was like, well, buckle up, buttercup, Mm -hmm. because, uh, yeah, it's going to get wild. Yeah, weird. But, you know, like, growing up, you know, I went to, you know, I was into like the Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails. Um, I actually went to a uh, Jim Rose Circus concert back in the day. I think they opened up for Nine Inch Nails. So I was like, you know, I've seen Jim Rose Circus. I mean, like how much different could this be? Because, I mean, Jim Rose Circus is kind of like a, for people who don't know, it's kind of like a traveling freak show. You got the guy who swallows, you know, knives and the, you know, the bearded lady. old school circus thing, but it just was like really popular in the 90s there for a second. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, yeah, you know, like how much different is this going to be? And like my dad was like, it's Jim Rose Circus on steroids. Like this is, I mean, like that's G rated. I was like, really? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Mikey recommended that I watch the documentary as, uh, you know, going into it. And so I uh, I did. I started to watch the documentary. Mm-hmm. I hit play. And within the first five minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw a quote from John Wayne Gacy. Mm-hmm. I saw I don't know if Gigi was sticking a hot dog up his own ass or sticking it up somebody else's ass. Probably both. Yeah. And then he proceeded to eat the hot dog. Yeah. We're going to get into a lot of this. And then he put a banana up his ass and then threw it at the crowd that was there. And I was like, all right, I'm done. All right. That's yeah. all I need oh, to didn't see. Finish it? That's all I needed to all see. Right. Well, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're definitely going to talk about that documentary as we get into it because uh, me and Randy watched it. So you made me watch that I shit. Did. And it just <laughs> scarred my mind. And we watched the whole fucking the whole thing. thing. There's yeah. no way I was stopping. I, I, I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to save this for the show yeah uh i've seen what i need to see and you know because i mean when we grew up there's you know the punk rock was big sure. um you know i remember listening to uh, i guess more a little bit more the lighter side of it in a sense yeah. with like the no effects and the mxpx yeah. uh, but that mentality was strong in some of the people that we yeah. hung out with and i kind of saw it a little bit like there was yeah. one part where Gigi was just kind of like fuck everybody fuck everybody yeah. fuck everybody and yeah. i was like that kind of reminds me of one or two of the guys we used to hang out with yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Um, so, no, but it was definitely an eye-opener. I'm interested to see what we uncover here in the in the courtroom, but, mm. you know, I've got to base my score on what I knew before I started to do the research. Right. not after hot dog and banana in the asshole. Yeah, yeah no, that would have shot it way up. So um, I'm actually going to go right down the middle because I didn't know who he was. Okay. Splitting the uprights, 5.5 off the rip. All right. We'll see where Gigi lands by the end of it. All right. right. 5.5 for Buddy. All right. And uh, Randy, what you got on Gigi Allen? So I think Gigi Allen would probably be more well-known had he lived 20 or 30 years later. Mm -hmm. There was no internet. So back when you were talking, Buddy, about like when we were teenagers, this guy was around or maybe even a little early. But yeah, just a little bit earlier, but not much. really know of him, though, because there was no real internet where you got any kind of information like that and... Not to say like, oh, the the news was controlled, but you didn't have just, just it was more narrow. Yeah, you didn't have channels like that where you could actually mm-hmm. watch stuff like that. I'm Walter Cronkite, and tonight we're talking about Gigi Allen putting a banana in his ass at NYU <laughs> University. <laughs> Onto the field. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, the, I, I did see, uh, I caught a glimpse of Gigi on the Geraldo show in that documentary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah. And that kind of reminded me of like back when, you know, like uh, Marilyn Manson was doing the, the tours on those kind of shows and yeah. stuff like that. But uh, I remember seeing Marilyn. I don't remember seeing Gigi. Yeah. He was a complete freak. So, yeah, not really well known. But to your point, uh, Mikey made me watch that fucking documentary. Mm-hmm. It scarred my brain. I won't bury the lead. I remember seeing him in his casket at the end, like yeah. how fucked up that was, like the stuff they did. I'm not going to get into it. I'm sure we will. Mm-hmm. Um, just a fucking wild ride this guy lived. Like depravity is not even like in the realm. This guy was a fucking sicko and it was weird. And I don't know how much of it was for showmanship or how much mm-hmm. of it was real. Yeah. Maybe a little of both. I got to think looking at our scoring table, Looking at fellow musicians, right? I got to think he's a tick above John Lennon. So oh, I'm going to yeah. have him at 6.94. Okay. <laughs> 6.94 is my pre-show for Gigi Allen. All right. Mikey, Mikey what do you got? Bring us home. Uh, I was very familiar with Gigi Allen. Obviously, as you uh, has been discussed, I forced Randy to watch this documentary. <laughs> Fucked uh, up, man. Good thing you weren't around for me because, like, I, was, oh, I turned that shit off. <laughs> no, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, was if Mikey no, was there, there would be no turning it off. Probably, no. what, 10 years ago we watched it? Yeah, yeah. We were roommates. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I got, when we got, like, these, 15 at yeah, that point. Yeah. When we got these sh- this show recommendations, I was always, like, kind of like, mm hmm, that's going to be a good one. Uh, and we were just kind of debating, like, what do we do? What is the show? And I was like, fuck it, Gigi Allen, let's run it. You know what I'm saying? It's, we, the, uh, in fact, someone had commented on, um, I think it was, uh, I don't know, it was on our subreddit, and they're like, "I know that the scores have been pretty soft for 2023, but you know the shows have been have been good. Uh, that's going to change tonight. I could see that. Uh, the show, the the scores are going to be high, and I'm going to start it off because I know so much about Gigi Allen, even prior to doing the research, which honestly I knew m- almost all of this. Uh, he is an easy. 9.25 for me. Oh, wow. He is a depraved individual. There is not a redeeming quality to this man. Although, there, and we'll get into this, it feels like his background plays into that. Okay, interesting. All right. With a 5.5 from Buddy, a 6.94 from Randy, and a 9.25 from Mikey, Gigi Allen's pre-show asshole score is a 7.23. All right, 7.23, interesting company for Gigi Allen. He's right between Dr. Phil at 7.2 and Mel Gibson at 7.25. Yeah, that sounds oh, wow. about right. <laughs> yeah, it tracks right along those guys. Yeah, and creeping up on Charlie Sheen at 7.33. Yeah, that's right. Also, so. we had an extremely widespread on the prelim score here <laughs> between the guy who knows a good bit of it already that scored him damn near Vlad the Impaler. Um <laughs> And, you know, me just splitting the uprights over yeah, here. So that's right. I won't be splitting them by the end of the show. I'll tell you that. He was splitting something. <laughs> <laughs> His butt cheeks with a hot dog. Oh. Yeah, boy. Nice. <laughs> All right. So uh, are you guys ready to shove a hot dog and a banana up your ass <laughs> at the same time? Let's go fisticuffs. All right. Oh. Let's do it. Gigi Allen is born on August 29th, 1956, in the most punk rock place ever, Lancaster, New Hampshire. Oh, oh all right. The home of punk rock. That's right. <laughs> the, name, <laughs> the name on his New Hampshire birth certificate, however, is not Gigi. It is Jesus Christ Allen. Yes, really? What? Yes, for real. I'm expecting Mikey to come up with that. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. I'll no, be no, honest. No. Like, this kind of tracks with yes. what I know. All right. 
He's born to Merle Colby Allen and Arlita Gunther, and I've got to say that those names sound more akin to the hollers of uh, Tennessee where Dolly Parton grew up rather than New Hampshire. Right. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Either way, he's given the name Jesus Christ because when the records keeper was asking for the first name of the child to be put on the birth certificate, Merle accidentally burned his fingers with a Chesterfield cigarette and shouted, Jesus Christ, and said, fuck it, let's roll with it. Uh-huh. I'm kidding. His dad was completely <laughs> his dad was completely fucking insane and had a dream that Jesus Christ visited him and told him that his son would be a great prophet, not unlike JC himself. Jesus was like, he's going to be awesome. So, um, you know. Name him after me so there's no confusion. <laughs> oh, wow. Man. What was his dad's name? Merle. Uh, Merle. Merle. Yeah. Isn't that his, the Gigi's brother's name? That's correct. You had Merle Sr. and Merle Jr. And you're going to hear a lot of these names coming up. So, wait. Gigi was born first, but then the second No, son? Merle. Merle is, is, is his older brother. Okay. I was about to say. Second one named Junior? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So, why Gigi? Did little Jesus Christ Allen get bullied in school for that righteous-ass name? Nah. His older brother just couldn't pronounce Jesus, so he defaulted to toddler babble and called him Gigi, and it stuck forever. (laughs) (laughs) Now, beyond his parents having Tennessee Holler names, Merle and Arlita, they also lived a Tennessee Holler lifestyle and grew up to New Hampshire. They lived in a log cabin with no running water or electricity. So I was going to say earlier, like you said, the name sounded like the Tennessee Holler, but there's rednecks everywhere. It's very true. Like Western Massachusetts. Totally. Like, there's lots of rednecks out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. just not, like, from the South. They're northern rednecks. No, it's true. Lots it's of them. Merle and Arlita, for some reason, uh, just struck me as, like, very southern-sounding names. They, oh, I'm Merle oh, 100%. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure. I'm thinking Alabama, Mississippi yep. over here. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I know. But no, like I said, they're in a log cabin, no running water, electricity. And this is kind of surprising because Merle had a great career as an abusive religious fanatic who moonlighted as a terrorist who liked to tell his family that he'd kill them all. Oh, oh Wow. God. I can't fully understand how Gigi ended up so fucked up, to be honest. This is practically trust fund territory. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to Princeton. That's right. One of Merle's hobbies was digging graves in the cabin cellar and telling the family that he'd, quote, fill them in the near future. Oh, wow. Gigi would later write that Merle really wanted to kill his family in a murder-suicide. He said that Merle, quote, despised pleasure and allowed his family, quote, very little contact with others. He went to describe their existence as being, quote, more like prisoners than a family. Sounding cultish. It sounds real, like off the grid cultish. Yeah. Well, and you hear like the whole protect my family from society. Bro, I got news for you. Those kids are never normal. Mm-mm. Yeah, you know ever. I mean? You know? Yeah. No. No. Especially if you're digging graves, you're like, that's going to be yours, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does that do to your psyche? You Where's know, the dog? Up? Yeah. Well, we're going to find out what it does to your psyche. Everybody <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> At a certain point, somewhere between the Bible thumping and the cellar grave digging, Gigi's mother, Arlita, decides that it would probably be best if she left Merle Sr. So she makes an escape attempt, but Merle thwarts her efforts by going to therapy and promising to be a better husband and father. I'm also kidding about that. I was about to say, whoa, that doesn't sound like Merle Sr. that I know. No. Well, he found Jesus Christ and, you know, did a 180. That's right. No, uh, he kidnaps Gigi and threatens to kill him. Oh, God. Gigi would later write that he was actually happy having grown up in such a fucked up environment because it made him a, quote, warrior soul at an early age. I mean, you go into like fight, flight, survival mode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. entire, yeah. entirely compensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, I'm, no, I'm actually good at that. I'm a total fucking warrior. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Holy warrior. Yeah. Therapy would help. So I'll pause here for a second and let our listeners take some parenting notes from Merle Sr. 
Because <laughs> it seemed to work out. And Gigi yeah. was very happy with that upbringing. So I don't know. You guys got a shovel, you know. Got a little time on your Get hands. Digging. Yeah, just threaten murder, suicide, and there you go. But eventually in 1961, Arlita manages to secure a divorce from Merle, citing irreconcilable differences, namely her desire to live and his desire to <laughs> not let her do that. <laughs> That was irreconcilable. Yeah. yeah. I just couldn't get past that part. Yeah. 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 She remarries and she and Gigi and Merle Jr. moved to East St. Johnsbury, Vermont in 1966. And while I was reading this and I was thinking, I was like, when I was in Vermont in uh, January, I was like, this is the most like bucolic, beautiful, awesome place. Everybody here seems to just be into artisanal cheeses and is extremely friendly. And I read this and I was like, I cannot imagine bumping in <laughs> to the Allen family and being like, you don't belong here. This is not for you. Yeah. You need to go to Mississippi. This is friend. Smallville, man. <laughs> yeah. White picket fences and That's sunshine correct. and rainbows. That's right. But Bernie Sanders would not be pleased with you as a constituent, <laughs> sir. Although you would never vote for him. I would accept his vote. <laughs> I was actually decent Bernie Sanders. I did, I did, and I did it with mittens on, yeah, too. Did yeah. you notice I did it with mittens Yeah, he on? definitely threw up the hand yeah. mittens for all you listeners at home. So Arlita actually also legally changes Gigi's name from Jesus Christ to the much more respectable Kevin Michael Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that helps a little bit in school. Yeah, exactly. Allen, to what should uh, be surprising to nobody, is not a great student. He has to repeat the third grade and is eventually put into a special education class. He's also punk rock pretty early on, like a nonconformist. And according to his brother, Merle Jr., this caused him to be picked on relentlessly by his schoolmates. Like why he liked different to dress differently or. Yeah. Okay. He just totally just did not want to conform. And a side note here, like some articles I found note a theory that his resistance to authority was a result of a childhood with a strict and abusive father. So he's sort of subconsciously acting out uh, after being, making up for lost time. Yeah. 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 This tracks a lot to that friend that I was telling you about, you know, yeah. when we were growing up. Yes, that's true. Yeah. You know, by his sophomore year in high school, he's coming to school dressed as a woman, citing the band, the New York Dolls as inspiration. It would not fly in Florida now with DeSantis. No. <laughs> I don't think Gigi Allen would be appreciated for his cross dress. I wonder if he rocked like the beard and like did it that route, like an unintentional woman or if it was like. I, was, I saw what I think was a high school photo taken from that time and i mean he looks like a straight up chick wow like it looks like you know it could have been just like any of our other classmates senior picture well if you're also looking if you guys you guys probably aren't super familiar with like the new york dolls but that was like one of the early sort of glam slash punk bands of the early 70s and they dress like women dude i'm a huge new york dolls fan well I mean, but you, but you are a huge Motley Crue fan. Absolutely. And, those, and, and the all 80s, the, yeah, all, dress like glam rockers. Yeah, yeah. All those ones yeah. in the 80s. Uh, Poison, like, Motley Crue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they look, like, what Leopard. was it on the Chappelle show when they were talking about like Prince's band? They're like, damn, that chick's hot as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, you look, you look at the cover of Poison's like, look what the cat drug in. You're like, this looks like uh, glamour shots from some <laughs> middle school thing. You know what I'm saying? For chicks. I actually remember I went to a poison concert yeah. back when i was like in first or second yeah. grade buddy met him with a picture that, that was a different one oh. uh, that was the second show i went to the first show was on the look what the cat drug uh drug into yep. her yep. and i actually got that shirt uh at, at the show yep. and i went back to first grade and all my friends or everybody in the class was laughing at me because i had the shirt with a bunch of chicks on it yeah uh but then i was walking through the halls later on that day and there was like a seventh grader and he was like 
oh, where'd you get that shirt? I was like, at the concert. He's like, you went to the Poison concert? Yeah. That's awesome. Like, like, I am king of fucking first grade? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Back up off me. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. the shittiest day to the most awesome day. Yeah, yeah oh. Brett, Brett Michaels was doing his best Christy Brinkley impression for that album cover. <laughs> he was. Yeah, yeah. If you guys aren't familiar because you're all younger than us, Christy Brinkley was a supermodel from the 80s <laughs> that was attractive, had blonde hair, and wore lipstick like Brett Michaels on the cover <laughs> of Look What the Cat Drug In. Anyways, Gigi Allen, uh, at this point, he starts forming bands as well, right? His first band, he formed with his brother, Merle Jr., and they were called Little Sisters Date, and they covered Kiss, amongst other similarly shitty bands. Fucking hate Kiss. Fucking sorry. hate Kiss. To any of our listeners that are like, I love... Oh, I'm not sorry. If you like Kiss, I have to question your fucking taste. They suck dick. Can't get behind them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I also hate Gene Simmons as a person. We'll, we'll do his show at some point. He's whole, a fucking asshole. Their whole thing that pisses me off is they have that image, and then you listen to their music, and oh, it's yeah. so wiener. Oh, we've talked about it like, multiple yeah. times on the show. Yeah. 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 How, yeah. how are you going to have a show where you're spitting out blood, and then you're going to do fucking sound like Beth or some shit? It's fucking horrible. But at the same time, they're also getting into like proto-punk bands like MC5 and the Stooges, who didn't suck. The Stooges were actually really awesome. MC5 had some pretty good tracks. I was a big fan of uh, Curly. That's right. The Stooges, yes. And I was more Mo. All right. Well, you guys know who Iggy Pop is. Yeah, yeah, of course. So he was the lead singer of the Stooges. Really? Oh, okay, yeah. okay. This is okay. before he was Iggy Pop as a solo act. He was the lead singer of the Stooges. Interesting. And he was uh, doing some wild shit, like rolling around in broken glass and stuff like that. There's a the Red Hot Chili Peppers covered the song "Search and Destroy," and that was a Stooges song, which is an absolute banger. There's oh, okay. So many good Stooges songs. When asked about his life during this time, Gigi said it was quote very chaotic. Full of chances and dangers. We sold drugs, stole, broke into houses, cars, did whatever we wanted to for the most part, including all the bands we played in. People even hated us back then. Uh, doesn't, doesn't surprise me. That's right. What is surprising, Gigi Allen shocks the world in 1975 by graduating high school. Oh, wow. Good for you, Gigi. I know, man. If, if there was ever a GED case I ever saw in my life, <laughs> yeah. or just not. Yeah. You know, just not getting that. It would be this guy. And, uh, you know, not surprised to hear that he didn't test, uh, like, IQ level of a genius either. Uh, he was in special education, by the <laughs> yeah. way. Right? I think it would be on the other end of that bell curve. More on the forest side, yeah, yeah, forest yeah. gump side. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. So he also forms another band after the, the initial band breaks up. They're called Malpractice. Gigi plays the drums, but Malpractice folds quickly, and he jumps ship to the punk band The Jabbers, where he is the front man this time. No longer behind the drum set. He is now lead singer for the first time. All right. This run actually lasts for a decent stretch from 1977 to 1984, but he does manage to put out a solo album in uh, 1980. It was titled Always Was, Is, and Always Shall Be. And if you look at his discography or whatever on Wikipedia, there's some really fucking hilarious names of his albums and songs. This one actually sounds pretty straightforward. Normal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Towards the end of his run with the Jabbers, tensions between Gigi and the rest of the band run high as he was described as uncontrollable, uncompromising, and vicious. He's a little hard to get along with. He is. He has a vision and he's just trying to, you know, execute it the way he sees it. You know, he really just has goals and is trying to bring the team along with him to get to the goals. Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, it's listen, Steve Jobs had a vision. That's and right. That's what made Apple great. Gigi Allen had a vision, and that's why the Jabbers have never been heard of until I actually <laughs> looked him up on Wikipedia and talked about it. Big thanks for all the support over the last two years, and now we've got something new for you, Conspiracy Court. 
We'll take the wildest and sometimes most believable conspiracies and run them through our courtroom-style show to see what you think. These shows will be available exclusively on patreon.com slash ahcpodcast. While you're there, you can sign up for ad-free shows, voting power on future episodes, stickers, swag, and a whole lot more. Check it out today. Once again, thank you for everything, and we couldn't do it without you guys. Now, let's get back to the courtroom. As told by Gigi's friend Lynn Colby when asked about Gigi's annex and personality, he said, quote, If it was just me Alan was dealing with, he'd be super nice. Then if it was me and Merle, he wouldn't be quite as nice. To me, the larger the group got and the more it became people he didn't know well and the kind of drooling, knuckle-dragging, worshipful Gigi fans, the more he became the Gigi persona. Uh, uh Uh-huh. Okay. And indeed, though Gigi has always been strange and arguably antisocial, something does seem to shift in the mid-80s where he takes his annex to a whole new level of chaos and insanity. As the Jabbers disband, Gigi finds himself playing with a number of other bands. The Scumfucks, the Texas Nazis, <laughs> and, hang on, hold on, and the Cedar Street Sluts. For instance, <laughs> hardcore punk band names are hilarious, intentional or otherwise. I'm sorry, I don't care. Those names are fucking... Oh, man, run those back one more time. The Scumfucks, the Texas Nazis, and the Cedar Street Sluts. Cedar Street Sluts is my favorite. I know. That's why I was like, let me, let me, let me get it out. Scum fucks. But there's a particular incident that occurs in July 1985, which I think delineates Gigi Allen from the obscure hardcore punk guy to guys so fucking hardcore nuts that we're doing a podcast on him nearly 40 years later. Let's talk about the show in Peoria, Illinois. Around that time, Gigi had apparently been thinking about upping his stage presence. A normal person might do this with a costume or fireworks or some shit. Not Gigi Allen, though. No fucking way. He decides that his best bet for an explosive performance will literally emanate from within. From an interview with a guy in a band that was at that show, quote, yes, Gigi did plan on shitting on stage the first time. Oh, my God. He shit on the stage? He was staying at my cockroach-infested apartment, and I was with him when he bought the X-Lax. Unfortunately, he ate it hours before the show, so he constantly had to hold it in or he would have shit before he got on stage. The show was at a local VFW hall. (laughs) My God. A straight edge band called Caustic Defiance did open the show. They were out of their element for sure (laughs) and were scared to death of Gigi. My band Hate went on prior for Gigi. Hate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> After he shit on stage, complete chaos broke out in the hall. All of the old men in charge of the hall went fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think? <laughs> they started picking up the PA system, guitar amps, and stuff, and started throwing it out the door. Hundreds of confused punk kids were flipping out, running out the door because the smell was incredible. In fact, I still smell it. Oh. Gigi decided to rub shit all over his chest so nobody would try to kick his ass. It was great. End quote. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, one guy, no cup. Oh, and I imagine it wasn't. I imagine it was probably loose. It, with the X la- or with the laxative, yeah. been holding yeah. X lax in for hours. Oh, at this point. Man, yeah. That was a straight uh, tub girl. <laughs> you get to drink from the fire hose. Oh. In Gigi's mind, 
this effort is so successful and good that he begins incorporating it into most of his shows after this. <laughs> Hang on. The old guy's throwing his shit out the back of the fucking BFW. Yeah. pretty awesome. Those dudes fought. Those Some of those guys probably stormed the fucking beaches of Normandy, and now you got this dude. Punk rocker. Yeah, fucking diarrhea all over the stage at a VFW hall in Peoria, Illinois. And you got to think, they're like our dad's ages at the time, like when we were growing up in a sense. Like they were more like in their like, like 60s at this point roughly because i mean it's 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 85 so 40 40 years after yeah Yeah, so you know uh, they were ready to kick his fucking ass (laughs) and he was like oh i better smear this shit on me so they don't you know yeah i bet i can imagine one of those guys driving home (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck what the fuck for real (laughs) he gets home and his wife has just got coffee waiting for him you smell howard what happened at the vfw I don't want to talk about it. He just goes into That's what you said about the war, too. I'm going going to my study. He slams the door and just pours three fingers of scotch. Three fingers of liquor. I'm not drinking the Folgers tonight, goddammit. Telling you, man. I worry about him. Yeah, he should. He stinks. He's getting old. I think he shit himself. I think he pooped himself a little bit, Maud. Oh, my God. All right, so anyways... Gigi incorporates that in his show. Sometimes, though, it's like... A, it's an interesting element. Yeah, it is. He decides that shitting was just a little too passe, and though instead, like, often sometimes, like, throw it at the fans uh, to really freak them out, or to just eat it. Oh. No. Oh. Gross. No. Oh, no. no. Yeah. So, hang on. So, like, go full gorilla and fling your poo at your fans? Absolutely. Was this, like, Steve Aoki and the cakes into the crowd? Yeah, but the fans... Aren't really requesting the poop. Like <laughs> yeah, the, like the all. Aoki fans are like, give me the cake. Yeah, some, but, somebody some is. of those girls are like, yeah, they'll put Shed up signs like, send it, send me well, the cake. Well, they, yeah, Aoki fans do that for sure. And, and looking back on some of those hardcore punk shows back in the day, they're used to, I remember seeing them, they would like spit into, into the audience all the time. Yeah. Right? And people yeah. would like catch it with their mouth. What the fuck uh. was going on? Anyways, all right. Interestingly enough, for a guy that enjoys hardcore punk and shitting on stage, Gigi Allen has diverse tastes. <laughs> He's quite a foodie and a regular on PBS. That's right. He loves Hank Williams. He actually covers family tradition, although he reworks it as scumbuck tradition. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah. He also gets into spoken word performances. And as a hobby, he gets really into, big shocker here, serial killers. So one of my least favorite things in this world is spoken word. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Dude, I think if, if there is a hell, it will be like deaf poetry jam on play <laughs> for me forever. God. Forever. I mean, I respect if you can do it, but I don't, man. I yeah. just, not my thing. Yeah. I'm not a big it. poetry fan. There is, undeniably, there's good poetry out there. Robert it's, Frost. Yeah, Robert Frost is good. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there is good poetry out there. John Keats. There's Tupac. Some, plenty of rap could be called poetry. No, it's true. Yeah. It could yeah. be. But, yeah. but the argument is... That the uh, ratio of good to bad is uh, more, I guess, asymmetrical in poetry than any other art form there is. 98% of it is hot trash. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm not a huge fan of that. I like jazz music. A lot There's a lot of shitty jazz music out there, too. I think this is like a 70-30 ratio. But uh, poetry, especially live poetry jams, deaf poetry jams, 100% shit. Yeah, like I said, so at this point, uh, he gets into serial killers. Not super surprising i guess yeah and that's the opening line is from like a quote from john wayne gacy yeah i was like what the fuck am i getting into 
Yeah, he later claimed that if it weren't for music as a profession, he'd probably be one. That's yeah, terrifying. That, well, and you said he ate his own shit. Oh, yeah. There was something that I saw where it was like they talked about how one time on stage he shoved the microphone into his mouth, but his mouth was closed. <laughs> yeah. His teeth were closed and he actually took out six of his teeth yeah. in the process. He uh, constantly had a bloody wound on his forehead because he loved smashing the microphone into his forehead. Yeah. We'll continue to get into this. We're just we're just uh, we're just launching. Here. This is the first layer of the We're onion. just launching into Gigi <laughs> Allen with a diary explosion at a VFW hall in Peoria and his love of John Wayne Gacy. Alexander, which he begins a correspondence with. Uh, and he eventually meets and commissions a painting from John Wayne Gacy of himself. Oh wow! wow. Of Gigi Allen, yeah, Old and actually Titanic the, style, like uh, yeah, it paint was me painting me one of your French girls uh-huh. with shit in my mouth. Um, <laughs> but actually, that John Wayne Gacy painting ended up being the cover of the soundtrack for the documentary that I made both of you watch yeah. to some extent. Ugh. I made Randy watch it. <laughs> I suggested it to Buddy. But he's like, I wasn't sitting there because I'd be like, you're not turning this off. We yeah, have to get through I, it. I, I pulled the ripcord after five minutes. So I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the onstage annex continued to escalate. He begins mutilating himself on stage and smearing the blood all over himself or even spraying it into the audience, which in the late 80s Ooh. at the height of the AIDS epidemic is pretty fucking scary. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. And the lifestyle that guy was living. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Just blood in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. Great. Yeah. It's not. I doubt he's this guy's using condoms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I doubt he's working clean needles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> much. Yes, not great. Imagine <laughs> what was under his fingernails. Gross. Uh, God, yeah. there's nothing I hate worse than seeing somebody with like just. And I imagine he had like uh, longer fingernails too. Oh, he never clipped them. Ugh. Oh. God damn it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're talking about him eating shit. For some reason, the fingernails bother me. <laughs> Yeah, we got Mikey. All right. Yeah, yeah. At other times, Gigi was happy to leap in the crowd and randomly attack people. And he'd attack people off stage after shows sometimes, too. And this included women. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Points ticking up. Oh, yeah. The and shows. Now, hold on. Is this where, like, mosh pits start? Or had mosh they pits, already been? Dude, it, you go back to the hardcore groups like Black Flag, which is really like the late 70s, very, very late 70s, early 80s in Los Angeles. And it was basically you showed up and you just. Ready fist to fight. fight, yeah. You just fist fought. So uh-huh. this was a part of the hardcore punk scene. I don't know where that really originates from. I mean, like I said, you could take the Stooges and stuff like that and see some of their shows, which were pretty wild. But it sort of uh, escalated. And, sure, you know, sure, sure. The shows are getting so out of hand that shows, like if they occur at all, are typically stopped by police or venue owners shortly after they start. And Gigi himself is often getting arrested or injured or sickened by doing stuff like eating shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was literally was like he would be in hospital in the hospital for like weeks at a time. And uh, because he would have like blood infections and stuff like that. Oh. And like the thing is, is that he didn't have really good insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was the first of his concerns. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he didn't have the Cadillac plan. He was he had you know, Medicaid uh, best. Yeah, I saw in the the five to ten minutes of the documentary that I saw, they were talking to other members of the band, and they were like, "So y'all are getting ready to go on tour? You pumped up for the whole tour?" And they're like, "Yeah, we don't plan for the whole tour." And they're like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, "We're just trying to get through each night's show because yeah. outside of like getting arrested and hospital like stints, yeah, we don't plan for the whole tour." We're I wish just- I could get like a spreadsheet of shows they finished or where the the shows ended, like number of songs. Right. Too. I promise you, 
that the vast majority ended within the first 15 to 20 minutes. Damn, so they maybe get through two or three songs? Maybe. There was one show that he was too strung out on heroin to actually perform. He actually came out on stage, fell down the stairs, <laughs> and everybody got their money's worth, quote unquote, by going up and kicking him and breaking beer bottles <laughs> over his head. True. The thing is, you didn't go for the music. <laughs> That's what I was alluding to in the intro. Like David Bowie, you know, you hear a story about him doing so much cocaine that he thinks he summoned the devil out of his uh, indoor swimming pool or whatever at one point. And you're like, yeah, but you know, at a certain point, like Ziggy Stardust is really a great album. <laughs> no one's like, man, fuck, you know. That's they're just like, like, let's show up. Yeah, punch drunk butthole or whatever yeah, the name of his album yeah. was. Like, well, yeah, it's not on the. People, they were talking about like people literally would show up. They're like, I want to fist fight this guy tonight. And they're like, you're going to get a good chance at it. <laughs> chance you will. Uh, man. At a certain point, though, in 1989, Gigi is arrested and charged with, quote, assault with intent to do great bodily harm, less than murder. After an encounter with a fan, a female fan. And while Gigi admits to cutting, burning and drinking the woman's blood, he swears it was totally consensual and that beyond that, she'd done the same stuff to him. And even though the judge did actually acknowledge that there were inconsistencies in the woman's story, it doesn't too much matter. And Gigi uh, ultimately takes a plea bargain. So on Christmas Day, 1989, Jesus Christ Allen begins serving a prison sentence (laughs) at Jackson Correctional (laughs) Facility in Michigan. Merry Christmas, Jesus Christ. Welcome to prison. Man, oh man. Damn. So cutting the woman and drinking her blood. Yeah, cutting, burning, and drinking the woman's blood. Oh, what? Cutting, burning, and drinking the woman's blood. <laughs> but it's consensual? Uh, dude, who knows? His fan, you have to be a fucking crazy fan to hang out with this guy. Even be near anyway. this guy. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, Gigi Allen goes to prison. And from prison, Gigi decides to build a, quote, real underground rock and roll army. End quote. <laughs> My letters are hardcore, bro. Yeah. He outlines his plans extremely vaguely. In the Gigi Allen Manifesto. Oh, wow. Here's the beginning of the earth-shifting call to arms. Quote, If you believe in the real underground of rock and roll, then now is the time to do something about it. The time is now to overthrow the current situations and declare war on the record companies, radio stations, publications, clubs, and anyone who promotes the whole so-called scene as it now stands. We need to destroy it all and take it back from the corporate phonies and conformists. But action must be taken now and blood must be spilled. First, let me tell you who I am. I was born Jesus Christ Allen in 1956 in Lancaster, New Hampshire. The Jesus Christ they preach about in the Bible is a phony imposter, just a crutch for the cripples to lean on. Fuck that weak shit. I'm the man to deal with. I created myself inside the womb from the fires of hell. There are no separations between Jesus Christ, God, and the devil because I am all of them. I'm here to take rock and roll back and prove to the world that I am the real king through the powers I have acquired. When I was born in 1956, rock and roll first started taking off. Why do you think that was? Because I created it. I created Elvis. Nice. I created Elvis. I made it all happen. Even before I was born, I was plotting. But through the years, everyone has let it all go. That's why I'm ready to take it all back. And I mean, that shit makes the Communist Manifesto look like a children's activity placemat from Denny's, my man. So true, man. There is a lot to unpack there. 
did he call himself the Messiah and the Antichrist? He was all everything. In one. He's all, all in, in one. one. Yeah, he's the combo meal. Jesus Christ, God, and the devil. That's yes. right, yeah. He is, he is the number six. Uh-huh. The number six meal. With dessert. Yeah. yeah in exactly. and out, man. Yeah. yeah. He's also, can I get one of those uh, shit pies? <laughs> yes. I'll take a fecal pie. Yeah, yeah. And let me tell you. McFecal. <laughs> the McFecal machine's broken. Yeah. Sorry. It always is. <laughs> Bullshit. I want some fucking McFecal and some hot fudge. McFecal with fudge? Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Shit. I know. Fudge? Ew. <laughs> and I so said, let me tell you, like, when I pasted his opening paragraphs in here, the Grammarly application lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm just saying. There was a lot of grammatical errors. He may have graduated high school, but something tells me he didn't do well in English. I wonder what his mom did to the principal, like oh. Forrest. Oh, man. Well, if you listen to him talk, he had definitely that Northeast accent. It was very gruff. And very intentional with his oh, words. That dude was oh, cranking yeah. Duncan like it was his job. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Coming off a four day bender. <laughs> yeah. I'll stop by Duncan, get me a coffee, okay? Buddy, your score is too low. That person was definitely a giant asshole, and you rated them like they were Justin Bieber. Wouldn't you like to tell us what you think? Well, now you can. Check us out on all of our social media pages and tell us what you think about our scores, shows, and good looks. We'd love to hear what you think. Pucker up, Buttercup. It's back to asshole court. Oh, man. Uh, at this point, also, he begins planning for his biggest onstage performance ever. He writes to Maximum Rock and Roll Magazine, which, yes, that existed and someone thought that name was totally badass. Maximum <laughs> Rock, rock and, and Roll. roll. Well, he writes to them and he promises that he will kill himself on stage for Halloween after he's released from prison. Apparently, there were advertisements in Maximum Rock and Roll that promised a $100 payout to anyone who attended the Halloween show where Gigi didn't commit suicide. Oh, oh man. Uh, but alas, Gigi Allen happened to be incarcerated on every Halloween he saw after he made the threat slash promise. <laughs> so that's his cover up. That's Well, yeah. I, he really wanted to live. Yeah. Uh, besides, as he liked to point out sometimes when called out on his failed promise to kill himself on stage, quote, with Gigi, you don't get what you expect. You get what you deserve. Yeah. Other times he'd explain, quote, it's like I've got this wild soul that just wants to get out of this life. It's too confined in this life. I think that to take yourself out at your peak, if you could die at your peak, your strongest point, then your soul will be that much stronger in the next existence. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> But didn't Jesus say if you kill yourself, you're going straight to hell? Ah, he said a lot of things. You know, depends <laughs> on if you buy into that. But like the whole better to go out at the top than eh, kind of looking forward to like the decline of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, don't have to go to work every day. Your retirement, yeah. you know, like yeah. putzing around the house and not doing Finally shit. have the money to do what I want, the body to not do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. The system is broken. And goddamn, <laughs> by the way, at the rate we're going, not the money to do it either. Oh, no, I'm yeah, going Jesus. out. Yeah, I'll kill myself on Halloween stage whenever we got, I mean, we can get shows together with you fans. <laughs> Mikey's going to kill himself they're on like, stage. He, they're like, oh, uh, this is great. They've booked a show for October 30th and November 1st. <laughs> <laughs> Little Mikey's <bitch>. busy on <laughs> Halloween, okay? Yeah, I'm incarcerated. <laughs> uh, but his failure to execute on his promise, and that was unintentional, but it's fine doesn't stop people from coming to shows to potentially see it 
And even though it didn't happen, there was always indeed a spectacle, as we've talked about. Yeah. Check out this description in an Austin Chronicle article about one of Gigi's shows at a, a notorious hardcore venue that was called The Cavity in that city, right? Sounds like an awesome place. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a place that Gigi Allen would play. Yep. Uh, this is fairly lengthy, but my God, it's worth it. Ready? Quote, between set opener, bite it, you scum, and the climactic, expose yourself to kids, the murder junkies manage the taut controlled 24 minutes, 51 seconds of the powerful Stooges dead boy style punk and rock and roll. They did best. The singer entered, losing the flasher coat within the first few bars, the bikini panties disposed of before the second tune. With his shaved head and goatee, Alan stomping around in graceless gyrations resembled what Burt called a demonic version of the CGI dancing baby from Allie McBeal. <laughs> the first dump hit the stage before the fourth number. <laughs> the first dump. <laughs> the crowd save those all day, all right. like two days going into it. <laughs> the, the crowd pushed up against the stage, backed away. Not before Alan ground his micro penis into some poor punter's face. Oh. I am legitimately struggling to get through this. It's so out of control. During a mid-set dirge, someone stage dove wrestling with Alan before uh, removal by security. The performer jumped off stage, tussling with two more audience members and chasing others out of the front entrance. Then he exercised more, quote, crowd control. Someone said, quote, I had a friend named Courtney who had a broken ankle. She was standing next to the door, which was pretty close to the stage. It was pretty packed, and we stood at the back. And Gigi Allen went over to the side where Courtney was and pushed her down. He took her crutch <laughs> and started swinging it back and forth like an axe, moving steadily towards the back of the room. <laughs> he stole a girl's crutch. He shoved her down, stole her crutch, and started swinging it like an axe. He hit Ryan McDaniel, says Chepo Pena. Burke, filming from an alcove and narrowly evading a huge blob of shit seconds before, says he attempted to clean out the gash in his bandmate's forehead in the cavity's notoriously filthy bathrooms as the crowd ran to the rear exit. Back on stage, Alan called for his song, Be My Fucking Whore, rubbing the mic into his shit slime butt crack before smashing it into his forehead. Then the mace came out. APD, Austin Police Department, entered as the crowd ran out the front. Weber walked off stage with guitar cases and Alan pulled his trench coat back on. Oh, how many times did this guy get pink eye? A lot. Uh, <laughs> every other week. It's more like red eye for me at this point. <laughs> oh, man. And the spectacle was such that a young filmmaker out of NYU named Todd Phillips, the same guy. Whoa. That would, yeah. Old school. That's right. The yeah. same guy that would go on to direct movies like Old School and The Joker huh. decided to make his first film about Gigi Allen titled hated gg allen and the murder junkies it covered allen and his post-prison band as they toured around and just generally fuck shit up and as we alluded to earlier when randy and i were roommates we watched it one night and we're legit blown away yeah it was uncomfortable uncomfortable is like an understatement to see this shit like, yeah oh my god dude yes. it's rough <laughs> you look at it and you're like this is illegal yes Ill like we watched just a minute ago. We take a break and we were watching a Gigi Allen concert, and he was off the stage and had grabbed some person. I couldn't tell if it was a guy or a girl, and he had on like a jock strap, but was just like cramming this person's face into his crotch, yeah. like yeah. And he uh, like was it comes on stage, the the uh, music's playing for too long, then he decides to enter into his song. It's a lot of. <laughs> 
And then uh, the person that's filming gets kicked in the face in the camera immediately <laughs> by Gigi Allen. And then just like, it's like, I accept that's this. Cool. This is yeah. what I showed up. Part for. of the show. Like I said, the description of the show at the cavity that we just I just went through is the norm at all like nearly all of Gigi's appearances based on the documentary that we yeah. watch. Now, let's take a moment to discuss because we've all seen parts of it. Randy watched it in its entirety with me. Buddy just saw hot dogs and bananas up an asshole. <laughs> uh, but there was one scene that I recall very specifically where it was at a college campus and there was like some uh, you know, young progressive uh, woman that was saying something that, you know, she was just like, this is despicable, you're whatever. And he was like, say that shit again to me and I'll fucking slap you. And she was like, this ain't going to happen. So she was like, said it again. He walked down there and slapped her and everybody was like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, oh, yeah. He's a violent person. He it's also like, I have freedom of speech, but none of y'all do. Yeah, I mean... You know, hey, uh, it, it's a bit of a fafo moment. <laughs> you know, fuck around and find out. Yeah. You're fucking with a guy that'll eat his own shit. You think he won't slap you if he says he'll do it? Yeah, I'm just saying. True. Now, this doesn't make you know your correct. audience. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, it's not. I remember just being like, God, this is really, really hard to watch. I also can't turn away. Um, I turned away. You did. I, I could turn away. That's smart. Yeah. It's not like I'm looking at the dude's gut strewn across the highway. I'm like, God, that's a really bad accident. But he's like, just running over the guts. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge that this is occurring. Any of that. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, Randy, why don't you uh, tell us some of the fun things that you remember? This I remember a lot of the shit, right? Him throwing shit at people. And it's been a, like 15 years since I watched it, yeah. but... Um, the banana was mind blowing because it was a banana that had been in your lunch bag for two days and uh, very soft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, it wasn't ripe. No, you know, he like. just mushed it right into his butthole and started flinging it at everybody. And the thing was, is that again, if I recall correctly, which uh, Randy is uh, addressing correctly, it was about fifteen years ago. It felt like it was at a like a spoken word venue, and there was a lot of college students that were like, it's "I don't know, all the out. wrong place for all this, right? Yeah. There's no real, there's right no place. right place <laughs> yeah. for this. There's no real right place for it. But man, like VFW halls and college campuses, he went, uh, he went pretty hard in the paint. I know we'll talk also. About I'm it more. sorry, and if any of our foreign listeners aren't aware. The VFW is a, it's called the Veteran of Foreign Wars. Yeah. It is a place where old veterans go to sort of drink. Play bingo. Yeah, it's like a club. Do they go play bingo? So if that's, is when we were all laughing about it being at a VFW hall, just want to give you some context there. Our our friends, our Australian friends. Yep. And uh, all the rest of you guys. Sure. So the thing that stuck out the most for me, and I know we'll talk about it, is his casket and his funeral. Just how fucked up that was. Oh, yeah. We're going to definitely get into that. I mean, it was a dude's dead body and the shit that they did to it. I was like, this is fucking next level fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're definitely going to get it into that. It sticks with you, man. That's yeah. why I'm mad at it. I'm like, God damn, why'd you make me watch this, dude? <laughs> I didn't know. The anger is coming out now <laughs> at both of them. I'm just like, it's a spectacle. I, for a guy that loves cheaters and Jerry Springer, I was like, I yeah. thought you were primed for this. For sure. But they don't fucking sling shit on each other. Uh, which that's is, where Randy draws the line. I know, right which is there, just also below that. a great segue unintentionally by Randy because it's also around this time that he's making the rounds on shows like Geraldo Rivera and yes, of course, Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah, I told you, I saw him on there for two seconds. His shocking nature is making him famous in more mainstream circles, like I was alluding to, or I should say, infamous. He's a guest that is a uh, like prime time 
type of guest for Geraldo or Jerry appearance, and he doesn't seem to disappoint at all. The crowds absolutely hate him immediately. Oh, yeah. And he revels in it. It's so obvious to me when you see it. The man fucking loved to be hated. Yeah, when he was on the Geraldo show, Geraldo's even like, look at the first two rows of the show. It's like all of his fans are up there, and these are the people, these are the only people that you hear cheering for him. And even look at that guy in the front row. Look at his mustache. And it pans over to this guy, and he's got like a Hitler style mustache. That's Merle. And that's what he said. He was like, That's my brother. He was like, Uh, of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. You know, that's my brother. Yeah. yeah. He's in I the know. band with us. I don't know who I hate more, like Merle or Geraldo. I definitely hate Gigi Allen more. <laughs> I don't know. The most I mean, out of these three. Geraldo but. is a is a is a fucking tool bag. But uh, you know, all that aside, like given enough time and an opportunity. To not be incarcerated on a Halloween, I'm fairly confident that Gigi Allen might very well have killed himself on stage. Because like I said, he loves to be hated. He actually, I mean, he's living a fantasy world situation. And I, I, I mean, you think he would have done it, shot himself? Yeah. Oh, man. Probably straight up shot himself. After shitting himself? Yeah. I mean, he was like, I, I can't psychoanalyze for a number of reasons once i'm not i'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that <laughs> but i'm just like uh, intuitively i'm like this is the type of dude who would do that because he's like this is how i like sign off yeah and i make a name for my myself. greatest I'll yeah end with yeah. my greatest performance yeah. yeah going out on a high note but he never got that chance uh because like so often happens you can make plans all you want but sometimes life has other ideas on June 27th, 1993, Gigi Allen and the Murder Junkies are slated to play a show at the gas station, a tiny hole-in-the-wall punk venue in what is a very different Manhattan at the time, between what is the East Village and Soho. It's now a Dwayne Reed drugstore, which feels about right <laughs> for explaining how much New York City has changed in the yeah. last 30 years. Man, that's true. Anyways, Gigi starts the show and plays a controlled set that lasts an hour and a half and leaves the crowd in awe. The show is recorded and becomes his like magnum opus and forces people to recognize that Gigi is more than just a guy that shits on stage, smashes microphones into his head, and attacks fans. Standout tracks from the show recording include ass-fucking, butt-sucking, cunt-looking masturbation, and the other track, Die When You Die. <laughs> Standout tracks. I'm kidding. Not about the song titles, though. Those, those are real. There was no great performance oh, here. Man. I was about all to right. say, yeah, like, uh, sound like him. Yeah. They, got, they got through three songs before an all-out brawl erupted into the crowd, provoked, of course, by Gigi himself. Sure. The power had gone out during his second song, apparently, and Gigi decided the best course of action was to begin destroying the venue. Smart. Yeah. Because <laughs> what else would you do? Exactly. As the show is shut down, Gigi marches outside, butt naked, of course, and leads a group of rabid fans through the streets of Manhattan. After an hour of roaming the streets, Gigi and the crowd end up at his friend uh, Johnny Puke's apartment, which I <laughs> Johnny Puke, yes, which I imagine is now worth a solid three million dollars and is definitely not inhabited by anyone with the last name Puke. <laughs> it might be Puke, yeah, Bouquet. Solomon Puke. <laughs> yes. He's a foreign investor. That's right. He's a, yeah, he's just from he's, England. Yeah. <laughs> Gigi and Johnny Puke go on a heroin bender of such epic proportions that Gigi Allen slips into unconsciousness. And shockingly, nobody in attendance is really monitoring Gigi's state, and he dies early in the morning of June 28th. Oh. It isn't recognized that Gigi is dead until later that morning when Johnny Puke notices that Gigi hasn't moved in quite a while 
and it's blue and cold. So he immediately begins doing CPR to try and revive Gigi. I'm also kidding about that. Uh, Johnny Puke takes Polaroids next to Gigi's corpse before finally calling the police. Oh, wow. I'm going to get a selfie with this first. Yeah, old school selfie with a Polaroid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there was probably more people involved because there was still people that were hanging around. Gigi Allen was 36 years old. Huh. I mean, that tracks. Yeah. His funeral was an event that absolutely reflected the fucked up life of the man himself. From an article I found, quote, the late rock star's open casket funeral took place on July 3rd, 1993 at St. Rose Cemetery, which his friends and acquaintances attended. Allen's five-day-old corpse was dressed in his trademark leather jacket and jockstrap. Merle Jr. had clear instructions not to clean his dead body, which was covered with his blood and fecal matter from his last stage show. During the funeral, Allen's brother put on a pair of headphones linked with a portable cassette player on his ears. The cassette was loaded with his songs from the studio album, The Suicide Sessions. Then his friends buried him with a bottle of Jim Beam. Despite the smell from the decayed and bloated corpse and service scenario, his friends started an impromptu party. People took pictures of his dead body, placing drugs and whiskey in his mouth. End quote. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Of yeah. course. It was weird. What is this, like a p- pinata almost? Dude, like just that imagine there, a just dead guy I mean, uh, a it, and... it could have very well been a an organic pinata, because once they bloat like that, yeah. people tend to pop. Yeah. Like a whale on the beach. Oh, oh. and if you've never seen that before. Oh. Yeah, but they already got his shit on him on the show. They're like, this is normal. Maybe not from his dead body. Uh, of course, the general shittiness didn't end just because Gigi died. His grave was frequently vandalized with urine, feces, cigarette butts, and alcohol left by fans. Eventually, the headstone was removed after continued vandalism. His mother, Arlita, would later say she, quote, loved Kevin, but hated Gigi. And that is the story of the most vile musician to have ever lived. Wow. Final scores, boys. Wow. Yeah. That is a crazy story right there. So what do you got, buddy? What do you think? Final take? So, uh, you know, for me... I'm glad I didn't watch the full documentary. I'm glad I stopped where I stopped. Missing out, man. Randy still has that like yeah. like like nine mile stare in his eyes every time we talk about it. So I'm glad I didn't watch it. Uh, I'm glad We're gonna watch it one night. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I'm gonna pass on that. You know, there's a couple instances here where, you know, we talked about, you know, like the um assault on the girl where he was burning her, drinking her blood. Um but there's talks about where it was consensual, like even the judge in the, the case saw that there was discrepancies in her testimony. Sure. You know, you hear about him assaulting fans, male, female at his shows. But it sounded like a lot of these people were coming there looking for that in a sense. Sure. Like that yeah. was their, you know, like those, souvenir. Uh, those that's co- that's the, the guitar pick that they take home is the black eye. Those college students though in the in the documentary hated they, <laughs> that girl that got slapped yeah, was nah. not she wasn't there for that. She yeah. was shocked. She was like, I'm gonna stand up this dude and they're gonna be like and then everybody clapped. And the only clapping happened was his hand hitting her face so hard and everybody being totally shocked to the point where they just were frozen in time they're like oh oh yeah so that's where i mean like you see instances like that but when we try to stack the evidence against them a lot of what you said tonight it almost seemed more so that that's what that crowd was looking for he obviously had an audience for it if that's what he kept on doing and kept on performing and still was selling out shows 
Uh, so, very, very filthy Jerry Springer. Yeah. Playing to the audience, but his audience was a little more narrow and way more <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, well, it didn't sound like he was selling out Madison Square Gardens, but the plumber's crack or whatever. He doesn't have enough poop to cover that place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, yeah, like we started to look at like, you know, like, does it make him an asshole because he's shitting on stage um, or, you know, pissing on stage, pissing on people who seem to. Uh, to some extent, one. I mean, if it's kind of like going to SeaWorld and sitting in the front row. You know and, it's and, coming. You know you're going to get you splashed go the, yeah, by you, Shamu. You go to the Blue Man Group, they give you a tarp, and they're like, you're going to get covered in paint. Yeah, you know? or like going to Gallagher, sitting in the front row, you know you're going to get fucking hit watermelon. with a watermelon. Y'all will see me smash some fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Black Gallagher going to go like no punk bitch. <laughs> Black Gallagher was awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, so to me, you know, I... I uh, this is a tough one. You know, I, I originally started him off at a 5.5 because I really didn't know anything about him. Uh, the dude's crazy. Lived a crazy life. And, uh, you know, he just didn't respect authority. He thought he was Jesus Christ. He thought he was the Antichrist. He thought he was the Messiah and everything. It is interesting, too, that when you talk about that, because like when he was in uh, the criminal court case, like some people speculated that he was like schizophrenic. But when they when he was in the court case, they actually did some psych evaluations on him, and they and they were saying that he was polite and calm, and like so it it wasn't that it's hard to say, but it sounded like from the psych evaluation that was done during his court case before he went to prison was that he was uh, not insane necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he had there's trauma from childhood and stuff like that, but he wasn't schizophrenic. And that's what even the uh, John Wayne Gacy opening quote alludes to in a sense where he's like, you know, you come out here, you see this guy, it's crazy, but there's definitely a brain behind everything that's going on yeah, in a sense. And uh, so to me, this is just, uh, I don't know, it's showmanship in a sense. It's not the path that I would go down by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination or 99% of America, mm-hmm. but, you know, that uh, he found his little niche and, you know, to... I, I don't know. I can't, you know, give him as high a score as Vlad the Impaler uh, right off the rip just based on the evidence that was presented here today in the courtroom. Even though he impaled his butthole with a banana and a hot dog and you <laughs> saw that? Uh, that's, <laughs> he did that to himself. That's <laughs> true. Know, that's, like, Vlad the Impaler impaled like 10,000 people. Yeah. Uh, Gigi just impaled his own butthole twice at Buddy saw <laughs> Multiple times, yeah. <laughs> I didn't and like actually it's only once because that banana smushed. It did smush. Yeah, there was no there penetration. Was, it was a butt crack. It was stop. a smushy one, a yeah. smushy job for sure. I keep I honestly like so what's funny is that uh Buddy's dad listens and we know now that Randy's mom listens. And uh I I just knowing Randy's mom, who is the kindest, sweetest person on the planet, she's gonna really hate this episode. <laughs> I couldn't even get through it all. <laughs> No, that's coming. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that conversation at all, she'll, ever. She'll tap out like you did on the Hated documentary. I love you, Mrs. Randy. So yeah. uh, She yeah. won't hear this. <laughs> so for me, at the end of the day, um, I'm seeing somebody that we had in our courtroom that just tracks um, just in crazy shenanigans along here um, with Gigi Allen. And I'm going to score Gigi Allen at a 7.99. Right up there with Rick James because okay. uh, nice. this shit's just crazy. 
So, uh, yeah, final asshole They score. also did both burn women. Yeah, yeah. Sure did. So, yeah. Right. so, yeah. Fair enough. 7.99. Okay. Buddy has a 7.99 for a final asshole score. Randy, what you got? All right. So, I was kind of looking at the chart, too, seeing where he fit in. Um, but kind of going back to overall, like, was the showmanship, was it, like, his real persona? I tend to think a lot of it was, like, him wanting to do the things that, I guess, he had goals, right? Like <laughs> he was a driven psycho. Yes. He was a driven psycho, and he wanted to be like. I think he didn't want anybody to out punk rock him. Yes, yeah, right. I think you're right about that. And sure. He just he wanted to be the most punk rock motherfucker like out there. Nobody could ever say to him, "Well, this guy did it this way harder than me." He is jamming shit up his ass and shit on people and just. Like and sh- like like putting a microphone into his shit and smashing it into his forehead, forehead on going to ho- the hospital with like blood infections. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a goal, yeah, <laughs> but is exactly. it a healthy goal? And you hear that a little bit in what Mikey was talking about, where I think it was Merle was talking about how like when it was just him and Gigi, it was calm. You know, he was like very level headed, but as soon as you started to you know introduce one, two, three, four more fans into the picture. It was more the stage persona. Yeah, it's than like he had, no, he had to flip the switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I won't say it's a, a sad end. It, you know, tragic. You kind of saw it coming. Glad he didn't kill himself on stage. That would be just, imagine being there. Like, eh. yeah, you're at a Gigi Allen show, so you know something's going to be fucked up. But. If he had done it, though, then there would be significantly more people that knew about this guy. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, probably more people that did it. That's true. You know You're absolutely I mean? right. There's always copycats. copycats. I don't know. I mean, like, oh, there I wasn't a so. I mean, but are there the copycats off of Kurt Cobain, in a sense? Like, a well, this guy did it on stage. Like, it, it was, was a whole. Spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I think you could see. I think. I, I agree with Randy on this one. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad he didn't ice himself in front of the whole crowd. How wild is it that he died of a drug overdose and the dude took pictures of him? Mm-hmm, that's that's the group he ran with, right? Yeah. Like, that's right. The, the first thought isn't like. Is he dead? It's more like hey, let's get some selfies and pictures. Yeah. First. Well, uh, there, there, you could argue that human beings are animals, but there is some sort of refinement to what we do. Mm-hmm. This crowd, absolute animals. Yeah, yeah. absolute animals. Yeah, so, and like revels in it. Yeah. Oh, for exactly. They kind of they wear it on their sleeve. Yeah. Um. So final score, I've got him between a couple musicians as well. I also looked at Rick James, but I'm gonna go a little bit higher. I think I've got my final score. I'm going to go 8.44. Okay. What made you land there, Randy? Um, It is just above John Gotti and just below R. Kelly. Okay. So R. Okay. Kelly and John hey. McAfee are 8.5. Harvey Weinstein and John Gotti are 8.33. And R. Kelly was peeing on his... Yeah, and, and I, people, I looked so, at 8.67, you know. and that's Jeffrey Epstein and the year 2020. And I don't think he's quite as bad as Epstein. Or the year 2020, man. That was, that was a, a shit yeah. fucking show. It's been uh, pretty bad every year since, too, though. We have a good I don't one. know. 2020 was a dumpster fire. It was a weird one. Man, murder hornets. That's right. That's, <laughs> That's right. like the least, <laughs> least of all those. You're like, man, oh, my God, my house burned down. I've lost everything. But losing that but Japanese bidet I bought really was put it over the top. Hey, we're starting at the bottom. And, know. You know, That's right. All right, take us home, Mikey. All right. Uh, so this is sort of where it gets difficult because... The definition of the show is asshole court, right? Yeah. Asshole. What is an asshole? Not what comes out of your asshole, but what Correct. is an asshole? What is an asshole? It's the way someone acts. An, that An antisocial fucking asshole. Would you ever choose to hang out with this person ever, ever no. as a normal human being? Is he an asshole? A hundred percent. 
a massive asshole. Now, of course, that is the surface level definition of the show. Of course, there are a deeper uh, degrees, of, degrees of asshole based on things that they've done in their life. Now, if it's just based on like the uh, sort of nominal definition of is this guy an asshole? Uh, he's an 11. He's a fucking asshole. Like, he, you literally don't want to hang out with this guy. Sure. Ever. But as I was looking at it too, and uh, Randy and Buddy are much better at like looking at the charts when they make their scores. I just kind of shoot from the hip. <laughs> uh, and I was realizing that I really did put him on there with Vlad the Impaler, which is unreasonable. But I do feel that he is at least Jared Fogel level at nine right. in terms of his assholery. And I didn't get into it a whole lot because there, there wasn't, there's not a lot of information about Gigi Allen. I really sort of struggled to find. Stuff that I would figure that like Rolling Stone would have more on this or whatever, but I think everybody's just kind of like, yeah, just avert your gaze, Thanks, <laughs> avert your gaze. Um, but he did definitely uh hook up with underage chicks that happen mm. all the time. That's the uh, the cop from South Park, nothing to see yeah, here, yeah, yeah, keep yeah. moving. That's about one of the best scenes ever in <laughs> Naked Gun. When the uh, place blows up and there's fireworks and people run over, he's like, there's nothing to see. <laughs> nothing to see. Everybody just stand back. But anyway, so like I said, I actually, it's strange because I don't feel like, I, I feel like I fucked up on my initial scoring with a 9.25 now that I see Vlad the Impaler, who actually did impale tens of thousands of people. <laughs> uh, but I will put him with Jared Fogle because he is a an atrocious human being. Not a single redeeming quality to this man, uh, sincerely. Uh, so 9.0 for me, and uh, enjoy the show, though. All right, yeah, it was a, yeah, fun, it was a fun show. All right. With a 7.99 from Buddy, an 8.44 from Randy, and a 9.0 from Mikey, final asshole score on Gigi Allen comes out to an 8.48. All right, 8.48. Again, right between Harvey Weinstein and John Gotti, 8.33, and John McAfee and R. Kelly at 8.5. Yeah, anytime that we're bringing R. Kelly in, you know, if he's peeing on people. Peeing on people. Man, a lot of of parallels here. A lot of McFecals going on. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. As always, if you are a fan and you want to take it to the next level, go check us out on Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash AHC podcast, put the whole thing in there to find us, get more, get uh, shout outs on shows, get all the swag we're getting ready to send out here shortly. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, another call to action that we've talked about is five star reviews. Mikey alluded to it in the beginning of the show. Definitely want to uh, thank everybody who's done that so far and everybody who hasn't yet. What the fuck are you waiting on? Yeah, we've been seeing a lot of them come through here lately and we really appreciate it. Probably going to have a little segment in the show where we start to read some of those online. I yeah. do. So. I and, and, and I, I will get into this for the beginning of a show because I know at this point some people tune out, but we got a great one from Australia by a guy named Chuz Wazer and I just fucking love. <laughs> I was like, see, I told you. The Australians are their fun names. Yeah. Chuz Wazer. Chuz Wazer. Yeah, like that, and he dude. was like, like, he was like, you guys, a uh, great show, but when you guys pronounce Lachlan or Lachlan, I was like, how do I pronounce it? I literally, <laughs> Chuzwazer, you had me going on Google and figuring out how to pronounce Lachlan and Lachlan, and I feel like there's some room, wiggle room for correct, for correct, <laughs> for correct pronunciation. Show here. us the way, Chuz but I love Wazer. you, Chuzwazer. Yes, show I us love the you, way. Aussies. Much love out to all of our Aussies and all of our fans. That's yeah. right. And as always, be kind to one another, and we'll see you next time on Asshole Court.